Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, and This man, Prince of Darkness. And we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brown with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today we're going to talk about dispelling myths about funding, creative, and UX, what you think you're getting versus what you really need. In a special episode brought to you by the Office of Experience, a design-driven, digital-first, vertically integrated, and collaborative agency that believes in the power of ideas and the strength of people. This is also the second part of a quarterly Outlook series on B2B e-commerce and what brands should be looking for out there. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Jason Bowman, Executive Director of UX, and Dan Nucky, Executive Creative Director at the Office of Experience. Dan and Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Likewise. Looking forward to talking with you both here. So why don't we get started by each giving a, a brief introduction on your roles and a little background on the Office of Experience. Well, as my title suggests, I lead the user experience team, which at OX, it spans from kind of initial discovery, user behavior research through potentially journey mapping, profile creation, then all the way to wireframes, then, of course, like user testing ideas throughout the process, post, survey, all that. Just kind of really taking everything all the way up into the kind of creative execution, at which point then we kind of ride shotgun all the way through the development of the experience. Hi, I'm Dan Nucky, Executive Creative Director at the Office of Experience. You know, the great thing about being the ECD at OX is we, we have such a wide range of creative opportunities. You know, those go from digital product to digital experience. Of course, we're heavily involved in digital campaigns and, and lead gen. Um, but we also get involved in brand definition, you know, from logo and identity and expression all the way, you know, to that very foundation of, of uh, brand personality and brand purpose. So the main topic I wanted to discuss today is what I introduced at the top of the show, two myths about buying or funding UX, what you think you're buying versus what you really need. So let's start by talking about myth number one, and that is that UX and creative is a one-time process. So first, uh, what are the origins of this myth? I would say, you know, I'm thinking about it, the origins go back to kind of the beginning of 
what we could call like, you know, corporate websites, the internet, that's kind of when UX really started coming of its own. And, you know, at that time, for those of us who remember, it was a big process. A website relaunch could be about a year and a half of work. You're, you know, laying out every page. The entire team is there. It's a massive undertaking. And so it was kind of this build a platform. I think, you know, Dan and I were chatting a little earlier. It's like building a house. You build the house and you're like, and the house is good. So that's kind of where I see a lot of it came from. Just that that early experience of everyone being kind of new to how to build a presence on the web. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, another reason is maybe just a little bit of a limited understanding of the strategic value that UX and design can bring. Um, you know, especially when you say the word design, you know, people think aesthetic, but it's just not that aesthetic element. It's, it's the essential components that, you know, really contribute to the overall success of any product or service. And, you know, design, you know, just, you know, loosely design goes beyond the visual and encompasses, you know, usability, accessibility and user centric thinking. And, you know, obviously with Jason and his UX group, you know, that's really where their expertise comes to play. And then, you know, once the creative team, you know, comes in, that's our job to take all of that understanding and apply the brand to evoke, you know, an emotional response. You know, how are we going to differentiate the product in the market? And so when you combine those two, that's when you have the opportunity to provide, you know, a cohesive and really differentiating experience that builds loyalty and trust, you know, for any consumer or buyer. Yeah. So to do this then, you know, instead of the the buyers of, of UX and creative thinking about this as a, as a one-time process, how should they be thinking about this in, instead as, as they're buying? I think first and foremost, they, they need to see it as a long-term investment um, that requires, you know, ongoing attention and resources. You know, I, I think the reference that Jason, you know, spoke to earlier about, about the house, again, yeah, you, you buy the house, you move in. And, you know, a lot of times you think, hey, it, it's done. Um, but as we all know, you know, things need maintenance, things need ch- checkup, they need upkeep. And if you let those go, you're going to find yourself 10 years later, you know, facing a, a major rehab as opposed to if you, you know, maintain a little love and attention and, and upkeep, you know, it can just be a little bit of pruning along the way. And overall, you know, your experience is just going to be that much better, you know, for the duration of that time. I, I think also like as, as Dan was saying, it is kind of an ongoing growing experience and, you know, users are, user experience is continually changing and updating. You know, we have phones in our hands now. QR codes and just a variety of digital aspects, the way people engage is constantly updating and, and brands and experiences need to kind of factor in steady improvements and increments along the way of their experience. It just it doesn't work to build something and maybe come back five years and touch it again. You have to constantly be updating and managing it as your business is changing faster, so should your experience be changing faster. Yeah, yeah, and so since we're talking about the the buying and, and the funding aspect of this, you you just mentioned revisiting every five years. You know, there's there's those organizations that essentially they budget. Uh, just to talk about websites, for instance, like they budget a website redesign every three to five to you know maybe six years on the on the long end of that. And that's the way that things have always been done. And and so, you know, how do you work with organizations and, you know, what should the, the change in thinking be to instead think of think of this in, in terms of how you were describing it, which is things are constantly changing and consumer expectations are continually 
changing and growing and, and all of that. So, you know, how, how do you recommend that a brand starts to shift that thinking to know this is a continuous process? I think one of the ways you do that is you really work with a brand to help establish uh, a roadmap and they can be a more product facing brand. They can be a more, you know, marketing facing brand kind of depends on what their, you know, their, their digital property is. But all throughout, they have things they want to accomplish. They're going to have future brand rollouts. They're going to have a variety of things. And the, the kind of the digital experiences aren't just add-ons. They are part of that experience. I think more and more we are just seeing like the digital experience is almost getting seamlessly integrated with the physical experience or it's even the whole brand impression. So when do they want to accomplish? When do they want to accomplish it? And you can really just start to help roadmap out how budget applies to that. I think also one of the challenges that that happens with brands is they have this massive internal initiative, but they haven't been thinking, and we need to change that thinking into how are you going to represent this digitally so that you don't end up in the last six months before a major initiative launches, scrambling to figure out how to make a digital experience component and often coming up short from what you could have if you had planned and budgeted ahead of time. So for me, it's you set the roadmap and you set your budget according to the roadmap with the timelines and you start to see how it becomes a far more even flow of both energy spend and forward thinking accomplishments. Yeah. And I think, you know, along with that, you know, if we think about anything in life, the more we do it, the better we get at it. You know, if we do something once, you know, whether that's, you know, working out, whether that's, you know, doing something artistic or, or whether that's tending to your brand or, or website, you do that once and you let it go for three years, you know, you're, you're not building that muscle memory and how to do it, do it better. So I think if clients can look at this as an opportunity, you know, to foster collaboration, you know, with their internal teams or external partners and a continuous engagement that will, you know, foster things to get to bigger and better places and eventually even more efficiently, you know, because you're not trying to retrain or relearn how to do, you know, that, that function. You're not trying to, you know, try to figure out again what that messaging is. And all of that will ladder up to a more cohesive and aligned approach, you know, more consistent and elevated and surprising and delightful experiences, you know, that buyers are going to notice and, and be engaged with. Before we continue, I want to tell you about the upcoming AI4 2023 conference, August 7 through 9 in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. AI4 2023 brings together business leaders and data practitioners to facilitate the responsible adoption of artificial intelligence and machine learning technology. The conference features leaders from brands like Amazon, JP Morgan Chase, CVS, Estee Lauder Companies, UPS, New York Life Insurance, United Healthcare, and many more. While it's not specifically for marketers and CX professionals, there are plenty of topics both directly and indirectly related to the work you do every day. To learn more and register for the conference, go to ai4.io slash USA slash register. That's ai4.io slash USA slash register. And you can register with the code AgileBrand for 15% off your registration. That's Agile Brand, all one word. I'm excited to hear from this amazing lineup of speakers and thought leaders and hope to see you in Las Vegas. Make sure to register at ai4.io slash USA slash register with the code Agile Brand for 15% off your registration. Now let's get back to the show. 
so one other thing, you know, looking at this from the, the customer perspective, also, it's it's incredibly disruptive to have things completely changed overnight as well, right? So in other words, this continual, this incremental improvements and stuff, it's also kind of taking the the customer along instead of, you know, one day they wake up and everything's different and they have to figure out, you know, where the, where the buttons are or stuff like that. So, you know, can, can you talk a little bit about that? How, you know, from a customer experience perspective, this incremental approach is, you know, is, is beneficial as well. Sure. I mean, you know, humans are amazingly adaptable at learning things. We, we just always do. And we do have the ability to continue to grow. And one of the harder things is the longer you wait, the more entrenched things get. And often the more afraid businesses are to change anything. You know, it's like, this is how it always works. This is millions or billions of dollars of our revenue. We can't change this when potentially, if you are constantly evolving customers, you have a better sense of what customers need. You have a better sense of how to engage them. And you also build a culture of change internal because I believe customers change more than companies change. Customers can adapt more than and companies tend to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now let's talk about myth number two, and that's UX and creative are only important for digital products. Uh, so what are buyers of UX and creative missing here? I think they're missing the opportunity to create a cohesive brand experience, you know, from digital experience to physical experience, to maybe even that sales experience. You, you know, it all has to be coming from the same voice and the same brand. And, and so if, if you stop short of applying UX and creative, if you apply them just to digital, you're missing a tremendous opportunity to, you know, maximize every touch point a customer or buyer has with your brand. I agree. Some of the most successful brands are creating seamless experiences with the brand. And, you know, you can have a beautiful digital experience and then maybe you go to the counter and you have a really, really wonky I'm just thinking of like going to an airport or going to a fast food place. You're in a wonky line situation. You don't quite know where you order or you pick up because that experience doesn't carry through the brand message or the, or the brand thinking. So user experience obviously is really focused on how to allow the user the most success in their experience and, and achieve their goals. That gets expanded, you know, when you get out of the more digital realms and the concept of service design. But really, the goal is still the same. How do you create an experience that meets users' needs? And if you just focus on digital, just like if you simply focus on one department in a company is doing one thing and that gets disconnected from the other experiences, while you might have created a one wonderful experience, you may have ended up damaging the whole. So it should always be considered in a holistic lens of how these experiences are laddering up to the whole. And for me, it's always important to understand one, what brought someone to whatever experience you're creating and where are they going next to make sure you're understanding how, not just that you're taking care of someone in the journey you control in that moment, but how you're really helping them along their larger path. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, take a specific example. You know, we do we do a lot of you know digital campaigns. You know, trying to trying to create leads, generate leads, trying to get people into the funnel. And obviously, we're really good at that that front end aspect of it. You know, from the you know if it's a banner ad or an email or whatever, you know, getting somebody to the landing page. You know, but sometimes our clients haven't thought through. Okay, once I capture that lead, once I get their information, where is it going? 
You know, what, what are the, what are the backend systems that they need to make sure are connected, you know, to make sure that those leads are, you know, either getting to their salespeople or their dealer network. And if you've done all that work to get them in there, but then you don't capitalize on that, that's even worse than maybe running no campaign at all, because then somebody's had a bad experience, maybe, you know, which is way worse than having no experience at all. So you need to make sure all those things are connected and aligned up. And a lot of times, you know, we, while we're not responsible for those backend systems, you know, we really work with our clients to make sure that they're set up for success, you know, to connect all those dots on the back end. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, I saw recent statistics and I, I use this in my book as well as, you know, back in, you know, a couple decades ago or even 15 years ago, people were using maybe two channels during the the buying process now they're using an average of, of five or six different channels and this could be digital this could be offline you know walking into a store it could be many different different channels here out of a total potential i think 15 or 16 channels so yeah brand you know brands need to be to be paying attention to this even if they're sole focus and their role is on a digital channel, right? So, you know, for for those that aren't used to this way of thinking about omni-channel is really what we're kind of talking about here. You know, what, what's a good way for, for teams to start thinking about this? The answer is just do it. But I, I think one of the ways teams can start thinking about it is really, you know, over the last few years, the individual like talking to an individual, personalization, even expectations of personalization to a degree have just greatly increased. So we can't just think of somebody is there to accept our messaging and get our widget. We really are trying to build brand loyalty and and brand connection. Not to sound creepy, but you know, you can do it through a variety of means. And by thinking more holistically about what that visitor, that customer, that experience is within your brand ecosystem is really the way to do it. To not think about what my department needs, but to also think about how we are building that longer term uh, experience and relationship and kind of how we are laddering up to the brand as a whole to create a better experience. Yeah, and that, that omnichannel approach really requires you know, consistency across the touch points. And, and, and again, that's going to seem obvious. And, but I think it's important to remind ourselves, well, well why is that important? Be, because, you know, subliminally, you know, when that, when that experience is consistent, it builds trust, builds trust with the consumer or the buyer. You know, it strengthens the recognition and just makes everything feel that much more buttoned down, professional. And, and we're drawn to that. But I think as creatives, then we need to make sure that as we're striving for consistency, that that we don't get complacent and just do you know, what we call branding by numbers or paint by numbers. You know, we still have to find moments to you know you know push the brand and, and tweak it. You know, find moments of delight. You know, that create you know maybe moments of unexpectedness even within that consistency that you know continue to you know kind of surprise um, and engage the buyer as they come back to a brand over and over again. I think one of the channels with omni-channel, even within companies, is really their own internal divisions. Very often, one department's in charge of one channel, and then two departments are in charge of different facing aspects of the other channel. And it is that idea of like, you can say, here's the experience that's going to cross over to another channel or cross over to another department. 
are they ready to pick it up? And and often in times, companies, they're not talking about that experience. They're not talking about what happens next. And they're not talking about how do we catch exactly what was handed to us from the other group and move it forward. Sometimes they get stuck in their own protectionist mindsets, or they're just not talking at all. And I think that's where thinking of a holistic brand experience, not just a channel experience, is really where we need to move. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that goes back to that point of if you do it consistently, you're going to be forced to create those collaborations between your departments, you know, internally and with external agencies. So that, again, that consistency and that regular cadence is key. Definitely. So then, you know, in the in the work that you're doing in, in UX and, and creative, how does this omnichannel then influence the way that, that you do your work? Yeah, I think as we talked about, you know, the opportunity for our clients to collaborate, you know, it, it really forces us, you know, as an agency to make sure that from, you know, strategy to UX, you know, content, content design, even, you know, with, with our, our dev, um, that we're all collaborating and working as agilely as possible, you know, because, you know, we, we also know that when work falls into a siloed or even, you know, waterfall cadence, that sometimes we lose sight of that, that bigger picture and, and what each experience is laddering up to. So it really forces us to, you know, really bring that agile mindset to everything we do. I'd say, you know, one of the interesting things about working in B2B is it is far more complex then uh, B2C and just touch points are different and, and needs are different. And oftentimes those needs require being very aware and tying in into omnichannel experiences. We had a, a recent client that kind of came with the initial concept of like, hey, it'd be great if you could make some content for us. Like what kind of content? For who? And the more we get into it, now we're exploring ways to build customized content for use cases based off scanning QR codes on physical products because that's the way the life cycle works. You know, when, when someone's in a need for the content that we're creating, they're, they're going to find it directly tied to that physical product. And so now that becomes omnichannel of working with the manufacturing arm of it to make sure we have the right QR code that maps back to the helpful content that then eventually if that content is needed additionally, it maps back into their dealer network and gives them the right service opportunity in their area. And that's where you have to kind of create that experience. I just feel like more and more as we are able to access things digitally, that omni-channel is not just like digital and physical, but it's just different even aspects within the digital world. Am I on a desktop? Am I on mobile? Is this an app? Is it Bluetooth to, you know, my car, my, my vehicle, how am I connected to my product and how does all that feed back? I think you're, you're forced to, and if you're not looking for opportunities, I think you're really going to either create an overly fragmented experience for a user, which will ultimately frustrate them, or you'll just get kind of left behind. Yeah. So uh, the last topic I wanted to talk about is this is the the recurring theme we've been talking about Office of Experience with this year, and that's on the state of B2B e-commerce. So there's certainly a lot of ways to potentially answer this question, but from your experience working with a lot of top brands on, on B2B e-commerce, UX, and, and creative, 
what should brands be paying attention to right now? I think brands, you know, just always need to realize that consumer expectations are always rising. You know, that, that a B2B buyer, you know, is, is really expecting B2C experiences. And so we need to be, bring the best practices, you know, from B2C and, and make sure that they're showing up in B2B as well. And, I, and you know, for creative, again, and I think I've mentioned this, but it's, it's reminding ourselves that, you know, through all the, all the understood patterns and, you know, especially in e-commerce, you know, in the ways to get somebody from into the purchase funnel and into the cart and buying as quickly as possible, we still have to find, you know, moments to delight them, to bring the brand to life in a differentiating way. And so really they're just reminding, reminding ourselves that they, they are, they're a consumer at heart. I think building on that is, you know, as, as we mentioned, B2B tends to be a little more complex and B2C tends to be a little more, I would like to have this B2B sometimes is like, I have to have this and this has to work. And so even though we, people are expecting to be the consumer, finding good ways to present them the information and, and again, breaking down the barriers of departments and groups and such to create that more consistent experience, I think is, is really a key thing and, and focusing more on what kind of experience they want their customer to have, less on what they they need from their customer to make sure it works. You know, you're thinking of a complex ordering system. How can you make that surprise and delight in there and make it a pleasant experience, not just a, a task or a tool-like experience? Dan and Jason, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, so how can we keep up with the Office of Experience and what you're doing in this space? I think the best way to keep up to us is follow us on LinkedIn. We're regularly posting thoughts and uh, kind of internal white papers on the ideas that we have. And then also just visit our website at theofficeofexperience.com. Great, great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Jason Bowman, Executive Director of UX, and Dan Nucky, Executive Creative Director at the Office of Experience for joining the show. And thanks again to the Office of Experience for sponsoring this special episode. You can learn more about Dan and Jason and the Office of Experience by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L. S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.